Live from Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Welcome to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Oh, man, we got to get Sam some new music. <laughs> I'll see about that on the way here. I keep, I'm going to keep saying this. We need to get you some. Come on. Like, you would not come out to opening night to this. No, but okay. I don't think it's bad. This is, this is if your dad was talking to your grandfather. That's what this music is. I disagree. I mean, it's, this it's is, a future song. Like, Yeah, but. No, this no. is not the hype. This I'll, is not. I'll think of something new. Yeah, you know, because you're coming in with bass anyway, so yeah. it's not. <laughs> it's not like this is it. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Starter Hammond text line, Hot Lincoln Hotline. If you want to join in the conversation, we are live. Hit us up. Hit us with a what's up, Sam? What's up, Coach? What's up, DP? What's up, Harrison? Do your thing. You know, guys know the deal. We will respond and we'll talk to you. You can also follow on the Starter Heyman Live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter Live. You can see what's going on in the studio. It's one to do. Let's bring in Sam Hoiberg. Young Shooter, what's happening, man? How you feel? I feel good. Body's a little sore. We've had a few from hard days what? in a row. From what? From what? All, all good things, just from hard practice. Just hard work. Yeah. Yep. Just hard work. Yep. How was Friday night? Give me give me your report on, on opening night. Uh, down at PBA. I personally had a lot of fun with it. I think the energy was really good, even though we were just doing like an open practice, still very good energy and definitely excited to get the season started. Who had the who had the most fun Friday night? It seemed like I but whether it was Blaze, Derek seemed to just bask in it. Yeah. Like he was just kind of bathing in being around people and being in the building again. Um what do you think? What do you, who was who who came, who was the most hyped before they took the stage? I mean, with Blaze, you can't really tell because he's going to smile no matter what, even yeah. if he's not having fun. But, uh, yeah, I think Derek was – he definitely had a lot of fun with it, but we all did, so I can't pick one. Thoughts on the crowd? Great. Yeah? Yeah. yeah and then the concert. I, I like the concert. Getting up on stage is pretty fun. I mean, <laughs> I don't know a lot of his songs, but the ones I do know, they're really fun. Yeah, you made your way through. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, By the way – Tons of quality responses to your dad last week. So, you know, this was I'm like, wait a minute, Sam's going to be good at this. I'm like, I know. <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell you. Would you please introduce our special guest, sir? Yep. This is Coach Nate Lenzer. I've known him since I was very young. He used to run our Iowa State basketball camps and then came here. And now I play for him. It's great. Here's Coach Nate. Coach, thank you for doing this. Thanks for being a part of uh, young Mr. Hoiberg's journey in this in this space. Um, you're quite – I know enough about you to know that you're quite the storyteller. And I love the fact that through your history and your journey, um, you take notes. Like, you pay attention to the people that helped you get here. So, I, when Sam's first show, I asked him, how did he get here? I'll ask you the same thing. How do you become Coach Lindsay? That's a great question. Um, first of all, thanks for having me here today, Sam and DP. Harrison, you know, are you hearing this? I'm not going to talk the rest of the hour. If these two are just going to bottom out, what is happening? Pipes unlimited? What did I miss the memo? What is happening here, Coach? What you talking about? <laughs> This is called Coach Voice, right here. Man, man. So, so, uh, so who are those folks for you, Coach? 
Wow, that's a that's a great question. I think you know, first and foremost, um, my parents. Uh, it starts there. I mean, um, a lot of people know my story, but I, I was born different um, than most people. Just in having one hand, um, and you know, fortunately for me, even though I love sports, uh, my parents never gave me any glass ceilings. They allowed me to be myself. They allowed me to go through the ups and downs. Um, uh, even though there probably was some level of, of, of worry and, and, and maybe even frustration on their part, but they let me uh, be me. And if, if I wanted to play football, they let me play football. And if I wanted to play basketball, they give me shoes and, and let me go play basketball and, and on down the line. So I think first and foremost, um, my parents, you know, started to mold me. They allowed me to be myself, but also um, gave me the, the parameters um, to learn, fail, keep getting back up, and, and being supportive along the way. Uh, had some unbelievable high school coaches, one being especially my, my high school basketball coach, Paul Wack. Um, I was a four-sport athlete. I did baseball, basketball, football, and golf in high school. Uh, and I always used to say my favorite sport was whatever season it was. Mm -hmm. But basketball, to me, was the one that, that probably stretched me the most mentally. And... I had probably the least amount of success overall and definitely had the least success uh, early. Um, I was a four-year letter winner in baseball. I was a three-year letter winner in football and golf, and I was only a one-year letter winner in basketball. But when I say um, I was a four-sport athlete, I was playing basketball 365 days of the year. Uh, if it was a high school football game on a Friday, I was playing basketball on Thursday night. Um, after the short walkthrough. Uh, if it was baseball season, I was going to batting practice in the morning, playing pickup basketball, and then going to a baseball game at night. But like I said, basketball was the one that really, really, I had the least amount of success. Um, I did not play until my senior year, my junior year, I did not play. And my high school basketball coach, Paul Wack, really, really helped me to understand what it's like fighting through adversity. Um, and having the proper attitude, he developed a lot of uh, a lot of toughness in me. Uh, a lot of the the right habits, the a lot of the right fundamental habits, to be a great role model for me as an adult, as a person that I cared about, but yet uh, was a person who not necessarily told me what I wanted to hear, but what I needed to hear. And you know, sometimes those seeds that they're planted in us, and we don't know what those look like until later in life. And, and as I get older and I, as I mature, um, I see how important and how vital he was just to me in, in my whole path. Um, I think from there, I, I knew at an early age I was going to get into coaching in some way, shape, or form. Um, I was a head high school basketball and baseball coach at the age of 21 at my alma mater without a whole lot of experience. I just had to learn on the fly. But um, I learned a lot from Larry Eustachie in my six years when I was with him at Southern Miss from 2004 to 2010. And then I kind of rebooted my career in 2013. Um, and, and I joined Fred uh, at Iowa State and got to, got to be uh, with another great leader. And with those two guys, and especially my high school basketball coach, as well as my parents and my father, I think just all those things have culminated in, in me still uh, being a lifelong learner, but also being on this path of, of coaching, but also trying to make a, an impact in young people's lives. Great coaches find uh, themselves in the right circles. And then 
I would be led to ask, why choosing to attach yourself to Coach Fred Hoiberg? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So I was with uh, Larry Eustachie from 2004 to 2010 at uh, University of Southern Mississippi, and I saw firsthand what he did at Iowa State. Um, I was in high school, well, actually I was in college. So I went to Iowa State to be a manager with Tim Floyd, later decided to play baseball at Iowa State, uh, but I knew I was going to get into coaching. And while I was going to school at Iowa State, I saw kind of what Tim Floyd did and then also what Larry Stacey did and how they coached and how they they talked about the game, how they coached the game. I listened to their post-game interviews. I saw their practices, all that. So uh, I felt like I had a very, very big defensive background going into my time at Southern Miss. And then obviously, you know, Coach Eustachie um, was a very successful coach, but his 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 coaching style was straight defense, straight rebounding, uh, toughness, um, having the team together, and that was one way of, of going about um, how we how we ran our program at Southern Miss. And when I left his program and and I moved back up to Iowa for a couple of years, when I when I was searching for the next opportunity. Um, to get back into college coaching, um, Fred has had his system going at Iowa State, and especially at that time, I mean, shoot, he was he was the offensive guru in the country. He was bringing uh, NBA basketball, NBA concepts to the college uh, scene. Uh, my parents went to Iowa State. I went to Iowa State, so obviously, I watched what he was doing at Iowa State, and. You know, it was it was it was fascinating to see from afar, and and for me to align with someone with such a with such a great offensive uh, skill set as a teacher and as a coach, uh, I felt was was a huge opportunity for me to make me a well more well rounded uh, coach as well. I, I think in this, and we're with Sam Hoiberg and assistant coach uh, Nate Lenzer. Uh, Sam, the question is, what makes coach special? I mean, there's many things because Coach Nate, I think, is one of the coaches that I've honestly responded to best in my all of my playing career because he really breaks things down and like tells you black and white what he wants from you. And I feel like as a player I am, that's what I can really respond to is like doing one thing that I'm told to do and like doing as best as I can. And he really, I mean, he's been doing the defense this year. He really preaches like effort and stuff that. I don't have the size and length of some of these guys, but if I can make it up with effort, he really preaches that to me, and I think that I just connect with him that way, and I've really – I mean, for me, that's why I think he's such a great coach. Coach, this young man across um, is leading uh, from the back of the pack, but sometimes that's more important than the guy in the front because he can clean up some of the other stuff that happens. Uh, he can get to spaces in the program that coaches can't always get to. What is it about young Mr. Hoiberg that makes him uh, coachable and fun to be around? You know, the, yeah, I was just listening to his response, and, you know, um, that's, why you, that's why you do it. You like, you like, I mean, getting affirmation from players is, is a cool thing. I mean, obviously we're as competitive as can be, but the wins and losses are huge. But um, making an impact and helping – helping young people is ultimately why I do this and um you know being able to connect being able to you know Sam and I will talk about this we've had different roles throughout our career whether I was camp counselor and he was in 
second grade getting into skirmishes with his twin brother at camp and yeah. happened to separate them all Sam, the, what? Oh, yeah. all the way up to you know we're, we're in chicago together and they, you know you're, you're passing each other in the family room and you know uh, i wasn't here the first two years uh with coach um and when i came in you know sam had already been in lincoln even though he had been had not been a part of the program so we we came into the program together and you know, I'm getting on a tangent here, DPA. No, go with it. But, Roll with it. No, I'm all in. But like, I, you know, I, I, I connect with different players different ways, and I think each each player uh, or each person has their own story, that has their own background, and things like that. So, you know, I look at a guy like Sam, and you know, lead from the pack or whatever the role or the purpose is. You know, he's he's a walk on. I was a walk on at Iowa State, and he and I've talked about what that looks like. Um, He's a head coach's son, you know that there, there's 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 good in that, and there's there's things that are there's get, trouble with. Got to be too. careful. Yeah. So, um, but ultimately, he's a human being too, and I think the one thing that that Sam and I have come to realize too, and I think he's realized that is I'm not going to treat him any different than anybody else, whether he's the top player, the last player, who his dad is, where he came from, and and that's how I treat everybody on on this 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 team, anybody who I've ever coached from. Sam Hoiberg to Zach Levine, and ultimately, I think when the when the player or the person understands that that any correction, any teaching, any plant seeding that's going on is from a place of of trying to help someone, even if that again, if that's something that they want to hear, but what my I feel they need to hear, I think over time that's where the respect starts to grow, and I can't. I mean, shoot, Sam and I talked about this today. You know, he he's grown maybe as much as anybody in our program from one year to the next. Now, what that'll look like on the court, that doesn't matter at this stage of the game, but this is all about getting better. And, it, and he's matured as a person. He's matured as a basketball player. He says the black and white, which is huge. That's how that, that that's great to hear because ultimately I think every player wants to know what the expectation is and and wants to be held accountable now there's a there's a level of resistance maybe at first but it's hard as a coach to coach every single play and to to correct and teach i mean that's the same with parenting that's the same with coaching but but um the cool thing about it is is sam's realizing that okay if i do this i'll put myself in the best place to be successful and ultimately help the team and if i don't do this then i'm 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 not doing my job, and now it's decreasing our chances. So it, you start to build trust. You just start to 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 develop uh, camaraderie and a belief in that. Hey, I now have control over these situations if I do what I'm supposed to do, rather than just operating in the gray and just trying to hope things work out. No, we're going to make things work out, and it's cool to see. You know. Um, that is starting to get through, at least uh, with 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 one guy sitting across from me. Uh, John Thompson used to talk about that coaching, especially in basketball, in in and in, in the era that was, that he considered it a faucet with a drip, and that knowledge and teaching and lessons would happen one drip at a time, and that it was his job to make sure that the bucket existed to catch it, so that if you can get it first time, you got it after, and to have players who were willing. Yep. to go in the bucket with you. And I always find I, – I, when I find a coach who's doing it for impact and influence, 
uh, those coaches resonate with me. Um, that was the kind of coach that I that I aspired to be. But I always have to ask, where does that come from from you? That doesn't it doesn't land on every coach that this is what it's about. It's about your relationship and how you can affect this young man and the next one. Yeah, I mean, I ultimately, I love sports, but I went to school to be a teacher. My mom was an elementary P, or was a, was a kindergarten and a preschool teacher, so um, I'll go a little bit back to my to my parents there's you know I talked a little bit about my dad but my mom she was a teacher and I was an elementary PE teacher um, in a different life a couple years in mm-hmm. my first few years and um, I think coaching is teaching and there's an element of of being able to get across whatever it is you're teaching your student however that may look whether that's in a classroom, whether that's in a gym, whether that's on a basketball court, whether that's on a football field, whether that's on a baseball field. Um, Coaching is teaching to me. And when you're talking about teaching, it's, it's, it's understanding that people have paved the way or have helped you and taught you lessons to help you. So now it's about giving back and helping those other people because you know, Sam's going to be a husband hopefully someday. Sam's going to hopefully be a father someday. Sam is a brother. Sam is a son. And and with each and every guy that I, I, I get the privilege to coach on, on this squad here or the people that I have given this forum to be able to teach in, I, I do feel like there's a bigger cause to, to – there's people that have helped me. Why wouldn't I have the mindset of helping others and, and letting that, that grow from there? Sam, this is when you when you when you attach yourself to Coach Lenzer and you see the type of man that he is and the type of educator, the type of mentor, the type of coach. As you forward yourself, this makes it easy to identify what your future is and what your calling will be because you've got some great examples close, near, and above you. Yeah, I mean, I think that like seeing the way coach Nate coaches and like just learning from him. Cause I know like one day I'm thinking of maybe either getting into coaching or maybe a different path, but just seeing like the way he goes about it, even if it's not me, if I don't go into coaching, like just seeing the way like he attacks the job and stuff like that, that that like shows me a lot and I can learn from that. I know. So just, I mean, observing how he coaches that could help me if I become a coach, but even the way he just attacks everything, <clears throat> that could help me in any like perf- or like job I go into. So whatever you do, you carry the people that that care about you with you. Um, it's good to know that you have folks, so many folks around you who are good folks who care about you uh, without re- reservation or otherwise. Uh, Coach, Friday night was opening night, and the choice was made to change the format and kind of show off some of the base skills, uh, things that are being taught and drilled on a regular basis, and for the for the high IQ fan, they got to sit there and actually see player movement, that athletic arrogance for some, um, that drill communication, because the verbiage that's used in that short space, especially the first time it goes public, because you've been coaching in private. And then Friday night was the first time coaching in public with this group. What What's the measuring stick for a successful Friday night opening night for you? In your mind, what did you want to accomplish Friday night in front of the fans at PBA? Yeah, I think, um, one, I mean, 
it's it, it's a fine line between promoting, getting your fan base excited. Um, at the end of the day, we, we, you know, we're at PBA. That's our home court. We want our players to enjoy going to PBA, and we want our fans to enjoy our team yeah. in PBA. So there's that environment that this is our team, that this is our fan base, that this is our home. Um, and with that, there's a there's a level of, you know, not I think, and I think uh, Coach did a great job of this too, but a little bit of, hey, we we want to show some change. We want to show what we are working on. We want to show that these kids have been working hard and that these these guys are improving, that this team is coming together. And, and ultimately that we need you and we need the fan base and we need the fan base to feel good about us and we need our players to feel good about the fan base and feel good about this is our home and this is the vault and this is when we hit the floor, we're going to give everything we have um, for the people of Nebraska. And with that being said, we didn't need to do the scrimmage at that point in time. We didn't need to have it turn into – something that we don't really need it to look like when we play Maine on opening night right. and things like that. And, and still keep the main thing, the main thing and keep our eyes, you know, focused. And, and these guys have been doing a good job of that and in practice and everything, but, but developing the habits, developing the good habits and the winning habits that we ultimately have been working behind closed door that we need to now make sure we get our game on the floor when someone is trying to test us. Yeah, that, that that presence thing is important, and I can tell you that it landed because walking out of PBA Friday night, the conversations were a little bit different than some of the other exits that I've had in that building. So uh, forward that, we'll go to break. When we come back, I'll ask them about PBA, the vault. There's two things in that thing that are very important. One, PBA as a home, and then the personality of the vault. And we'll talk to these two fine gentlemen about that when we come back. 